Hey, and welcome to the This Week in Games, a podcast series from the fine people of Deconstructor of Fun. The concept of this podcast is simple. Your hosts are Joseph Kim and myself, Mishka Katkov. The goal of this podcast is to highlight and deconstruct a few of the most relevant news in games. Most importantly, we promise to aim to keep these podcast series episodes short. So hit us up on Twitter to let us know which news topics you want us to talk about and hit the subscribe button to hear us deconstructing the latest news. Enjoy. Hey there, Mishka. JK. Oh, we started at the same time. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Hey, let's start with the most important question. Okay. So I get a, I get a message from you, and it's it's about um, what do I say about like two p.m. my time, which is four thirty or two two thirty p.m. my time, and it's like four thirty thirty a.m. your time. So my question is. Do you not sleep? Like, do you fight the crime during the night and then during the day <laughs> you go to work and then you record a podcast with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, actually, I I actually don't sleep a lot. So um, sometimes I'll sleep, you know, three, four hours a night. Um, I try to sleep as much as possible, but for me, it's just kind of difficult to sleep. Having said that, I tried like hot temperature yoga on last Sunday and mm-hmm. I slept for like nine hours. So I, th- I think maybe I need to be doing more yoga. Well, I, there's, there's a clear sign to it. So did you, did you drink after the yoga before? Maybe you were just dehydrated and passed out? Uh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I did drink a lot of water, so it could be water, it could be the yoga, but definitely it was, um, it, it was a big change for me because I, I usually don't sleep very much. You probably woke up really loose and 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 just nice, right? Uh, anyway, twig eight. <sighs> yeah, twig eight. Um, oh, it's eight. That's true. Twig eight, and we have a set of topics. But before we jump in, I just wanted to give a shout out to a couple of sources that we use in order to gather the data. Now, naturally, J.K., you are the the person who aggregates all these um, topics. Mm-hmm. and just sends the list and you're kind enough to let me choose the easiest one uh, <laughs> to talk about <laughs> but i also want to thank to i want to thank sensor tower who has been help, you know providing us with data for for probably like a couple of years already um, yeah, always sure. crucial to you know you know sensor both tower, of us the, are the, using it the service that doesn't go down unlike a competitor of theirs <clears throat> anyway mm-hmm. Harsh words. Um, so yeah, I <laughs> I like all data, so I'm not gonna take stances here. But I do, I do, I do like Sensor Tower, and thank you very much, Sensor Tower, for helping us. And and another source of of data that we get. So apart from you know us playing all the possible games and looking at the uh, at the uh, the data, we also use a lot of Game Refinery. So if you haven't tried Game Refinery, I suggest you go to GameRefinery.com and see what they're doing. But basically, they give that qualitative analysis to the quantitative data that we get from sensor towers so so we're able to you know skim the information a little bit faster and go through the latest updates and and the the effect of the latest updates as well as more of a qualitative analysis of each updates and added feature sets and so forth so helps us to aggregate a lot of data at a little bit of faster pace and of course 
we as as you probably the listeners know a lot of the features so it's easy for us to understand what those features are doing and, and game refinery can kind of helps to aggregate that data that qualitative data yeah and just just a little more on that so so basically what you know the the way that, that we have used game refinery is that there's there's actually like a power score. So base, basically, my understanding of what Game Refinery does is to look at top grossing games, then they'll essentially run a correlation against how the games are performing against features. And so you'll just have like for every game, just a list, list of features and then a score based on those features. Yeah. So that's, that kind that's of, cr- yeah. So, you know, at least I, I, I think that you can't just rely on that for, for a game, but at least for uh, to your point, like the quantitative side in terms of looking at games, I, I think that that's that's sort of useful just to see what features are doing well, and if you were to add specific, certain features in a genre, like what that could potentially look like. Now, it may not make sense; you have to have a holistic view on games, but you know, it's it's also kind of interesting to to see that as well. Exactly. So, trusted by Rovio, NBC Universal, Future Play, G Five Games, Pixonic, and many many others. So, GameRefinery.com. Check it out and Sensor Tower, of course. Of course. If you're not using it, don't <laughs> miss out. It's, it's a great service. But anyway, so enough with the shout outs, enough with the talk about people not sleeping enough and doing yoga and all the other bullshit. Let's just jump into Twig 8. Okay. And we have a set of topics. JK, what are we talking about today? So four articles today. The first has to do with uh, the Super Mario creator, uh, Shigeru, Shigeru Miyamoto, who had um, basically declared to the industry uh, a warning about not being too greedy. The second uh, article is about Marvel Strike Force, and, and Polygon posted an article that was saying that they were going too far. Uh, Marvel Strike Force's microtransactions go beyond the mobile standard. So we'll dig a little bit deeper into that and see if we agree, disagree. The third is, um, this came a little bit, uh, this, this was published a little while back, but Pocket Gamer uh, released a list of the top 50 developers and it'll be good to kind of jump in there and see what we think in terms of that list. And finally, uh, a post by Motley Fool about Fortnite's day in the sun may be over, just talking about how growth has kind of slowed for, for Fortnite. Perfect. So maybe and we, we have a, oh, a question, ahead. question at the end, but we'll, we'll, you know, from, okay. from the Twitter. So, right, so we'll nice, leave nice. Yes. <laughs> So maybe we could start with the first article, which is Super Mario Creator Warns Game Industry, Don't Be Too Greedy. And just to kind of give a brief about uh, this article. So Nintendo, Nintendo's Shigeru Miyamoto, who's basically the game designer behind Super Mario and Donkey Kong, was criticizing microtransactions. One of the couple of quotes that he had is that First, we're lucky to have such a giant market. So our thinking is, and he's saying from Nintendo's perspective, if we can deliver games at reasonable prices to as many people as possible, we will see big profits. Uh, and he does admit, though, um, when he says, I can't say that our fixed cost model has really been a success. But basically, he made a number of comments that that, are, that speaks to the industry, in his opinion, having gone too far in terms of microtransactions and that he hopes that another model, and he's hinting about some kind of subscription service being a better method for for monetizing their audience. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens and whether they do launch some type of subscription-style service, but um, they do have two upcoming games. 
Dragalia Lost with Cyber Agent and Mario Kart Tour in March. But I believe that both of these games are going to have, you know, typical free-to-play monetization mechanics. Mm. So kind of like my take from this is that, you know, if if we look at the industry today, the current job of PMs at any free-to-play game studio is to maximize LTV as far as you can take it. And and there's currently, as, as far as I know, no practice that that thinks about, well, wait a minute, what about the user experience? Have we gone too far? Are we being too greedy? I do also think that Battle Pass for in, in Fortnite has kind of proved that you can make significant amounts of money without going too far. And so, you know, the question is, um, you know, has the industry gone too far? Mishka, what, what do you think? Uh, do you think... Um, Nintendo's stance on this is is accurate. Do you think we have gone too far in terms of monetization and, and free to play? Well, I don't know if it's Nintendo's stand. It's it's the other uh, the stance of of the um, Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, um, yeah, you, you, that's right. It, it's not. We we can't say that it's a it's a company wide stance. That that that's yeah, true. and because we look at the games like Fire Emblem and um and some of their others uh, free to play hits, and they've been they've been pretty big. I mean, very big. Fire Emblem is is monetizing like crazy, so so they're definitely on that free to play bandwagon. Um, it's it's an interesting topic because on the other hand, you can think about just as the PM perspective, and we can think about the the rising CPIs like we've been talking about the rising CPIs for the last six seven years, but. You know the cost is increasing. The production costs are increasing. The uh, the competition is stiffer. So naturally, we're focused on increasing the amount of revenue we're getting, especially from the uh, this so what we call whales. So the, the heavy monetizing users, and that rise the LTV, that rise the uh, the revenue, and so forth. Now, is the reason that the CPIs are growing and 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 the industry is sort of a you know getting heavy on monetization? Is that is that kind of like a chicken and egg type of problem? You know, everything is getting more expensive, hence we need to try to make more money, and hence we're focusing more on monetization, and that again increases the uh, the CPIs because the LTVs are increasing. So, so that could be uh, a sort of a issue as well. So, what I'm trying to say is, I do understand very well because I am a gamer, as as probably everybody who listens to it, I understand what he's saying, and he is right in the sense that that games are. Um, like modern games, I mean, I, I play all the you know, the latest RPGs and so forth, and they are they're very heavy on monetization. And I do understand that that this is um, not the the type of um, you know, it's it's not why we st- why we fell in love in games. But then at the same time, I I I am working in free plays and have have been working in free to play games for the last ten years, and. That's just the way the business is because the business has has the free to play games have allowed us to give games to way more players and users than 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 we ever had before. Right. And because we're giving this service for free, you know, nothing is free. Somebody has to pay for it. And that's why we're focusing again on the LTVs and trying to monetize that small percentage of the player base that actually are paying for the entertainment of the giant masses of players who never pay a dime. So that's, that's the kind of like the the, the two sides of the story. And I do very much understand where he's coming from. But then again, all I'm saying is that the free to play industry has, has enabled masses to get into games. Right. And I do think there is a lot of pressure on, you know, on game teams just to monetize as much as possible. 
So monetization strategy, if we think about the industry today, is, is basically all about science, all about maximizing monetization. But I, I do think that, you know, to, to some point, uh, he, has a, he has a point in the sense that I, I actually do think that you can go a little bit too far and there, there probably should be a little more art, a little more, you know, common sense thinking in terms of, you know, are we going too far in, in, in some places? Uh, and the other question that, that I think this raises is uh, if, if, if we were to read into what uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was saying, he seems to be hinting at some form of subscription service. And so that would be the next question I, I would ask you, Mishka, as well is like, you know, we were both at Fun Plus. Fun Plus had uh, this service called The Label where they tried to do a sub- subscription based premium service. And that wasn't successful, but you know, there's rumors that Apple may be thinking of doing something like that and other companies are thinking of doing something like that. Mm. Um, yeah, sort of HBO for games. That's, right, that's right. Netflix, Spotify for games, you know, that 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 whole notion. So what what do you think? Do you think that has a chance? I think I think it definitely has a chance. The problem is uh, where, where I mean, yeah, I, I do get it like Netflix and Spotify. So you'd have uh, several services, but then again, the problem there is it limits the amount of players playing the games. Not everybody can drop the 10 bucks a month or 20 because, or, or, you know, games are probably more expensive than 10. It would be probably 20. So you're dropping 20 for Activision, 24 um, EA. You're going to drop what? 15 to 2k. Uh, so, so it's, it's, it, it racks up the costs and then not everybody can afford it. So now we're losing the, the, the whole, good part of free-to-play games the, the part that i enjoy the most is the fact that we're offering free service you can play the game or you can choose not to play the game right. um unless there's an yeah, app, you so, know, like i see so yeah so my personal opinion is like if if apple were to do it maybe it has a shot but yeah if if ea tries to do it and it's only ea games or you know even nintendo and it's just nintendo games i agree with you there's probably a, a more much more limited audience there and we have subscription-based games i mean world of warcraft yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, but it's a, but I, then again, I I prefer games like not not from game design perspective, but I prefer League of Legends that is totally free. Yeah, and and um, you know, Fortnite's another. So, uh, yeah, I subscription service is one way, but then again, we're we're getting back to paid games, and and that limits the amount of 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 um. Right. Yeah, and and I you know I, I've been in mobile when when the paid games were the thing, and and back then they just they died off uh, because the fact that you can't advertise because the 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 uh, the amount of revenue is very limited that you get from paid game. It's it's that number and it's you know it's whatever seventy cents that you get to to keep from it. So um, it's impossible to keep the games running. It's impossible to make games as big. And uh, by big, I mean games that can last for five, six, seven years because of the live services and constant updates of and constant, you know, right. new content. And then, you know, I, I still, I still believe in free to play games just because they allow such a mass of of people to 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 join them, and that creates that social network, and that makes the games feel alive. Right. Okay. Should we hit our next article? Well, yeah, the, the next article. Yeah, go go ahead. 
So yeah, the next article kind of continues on on in a way on that sense of what Miyamoto was saying, and that is the Polygon article. So every time you 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 know you read an article from Polygon that is about free to play games, you have to take a, a giant grain of salt. And 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 you know, no offense to Polygon, great content, but but they have such an anti free to play um, attitude. Right. That 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 it's it's just it it shines through the 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 the, um, the, the articles. Anyways, so this one uh, is is um, is Marvel Strike Force microtransaction go beyond the mobile standard. And let me go through a little bit of an article and then kind of uh, shoot it down. Uh, okay, so <laughs> the game's most recent update, a time limited campaign based around Nick Fury and the Kree, has angered the community so badly. The two of the game's biggest YouTubers quit and posted videos calling out publisher Fox Next for its development decision. Strikeforce has spun so wildly out of control in a scenario that captures the good, bad, and ugly of mobile gaming. I can I can just I can feel the the anger spewing from the fingers of of, of the uh, of the free to play hater who wrote this. Anyway, the big issue was that there was this hundred dollar Cree bundle, and and um. And what they're saying basically is hundred dollars is so out of the territory of what they call microtransactions because it costs more than a full price of AAA game. You know, essentially costs as much as two free to play, two AAA games. So they're constantly comparing AAA games to mobile services, mobile games as services. So um, this deal won't give you even complete deal on the Cree. So you have so essentially the the way this campaign worked is you have to collect the full set of five Crees in order to to play these challenges. And as you play them, you essentially get the Nick Fury and so forth. So so you kind of the, the game just puts you uh, forces you basically if you want to do this challenge and it forces you to have a set of characters that you normally don't use. I mean normally players don't play with five Crees, but in this case you have to and and they offered hundred dollars to kind of get you kick started with with the the whole bunch of Crees. So and basically they're spewing that that it doesn't give you the end reward when you play pay hundred dollars, hundred dollars is so much. Now let me read f- through the couple of quotes of the influencers and I'll and I'll then go back to facts. So influencer number one uh called Kraken, uh, he said, this will be my last video for Marvel Strike Force and on this channel. I'm done making content for you, Fox Next. I have given you more than 10 chances, so more than 10 chances to turn the game around, and you haven't. Not only have you turned the game around, but you made it worse and worse and worse for the last two months now okay so that's a lot of making worse and worse with two months i I bet that's like literally like two updates at max anyway bullshit offers bullshit rate system uh rate reward system no incentive to keep playing just trying to grab the cash at every single turn you're going down a really wrong path and i'm not ready to follow you down it okay so this is from kraken uh what according to polygon one of the biggest influencers of the game uh, and according to YouTube, it's a person with six thousand subscribers. So uh, you know, let's let's hold the horses a little bit. So and let's jump on the other giant influencers called Seaton. Uh, Seaton says, "I've been playing this game since beta. As soon as the launch patch hit, I don't know what fucking happened. 
It was just shitty decision decision after shitty. I'm sorry, this is ridiculous. After shitty decision, just constantly bringing so much of the game back, bringing the rewards back, increasing the difficulty, just trying to cash grab at every opportunity. It's been an absolute shit show. All right, so now we're done with with uh, with these. Uh, okay, so this was Seaton, by the way, and he has thirteen thousand subscribers so so anybody who knows anything about influencers this is this is peanuts I, I mean you can barely call these people influencers but keep in mind that these videos that kraken who has six thousand subscribers got thirty three thousand views on his video and is getting more and seaton got eighty two thousand views on his uh, latest video spewing hate on on marvel and he has only 13,000 subscribers. So you're kind of seeing the pattern here. Uh, and the pattern is your content is not getting enough viewers. You create these, you know, hate uh, videos that are that is actually a lot of them all over on, on almost any game. You can grab Clash Royale. You can see Clash of Clans, Boom Beach, all the top games. Influencers are trying to do that where they're saying, like, I'm done playing with this game. This game is garbage. It's going bad. So anyway, so... This is this is these influencers who have very small amount of subscribers and they're getting a lot of clicks with this with, with these posts. Now let's look at the uh, the data, the the revenue data, the download data of the game. So I kind of took both on on Sensor Tower. I started looking at um, Marvel um, Strike Force and I like to compare it always with Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes since they're very close to each other and kind of looking at their their revenue trends and 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 their install trends and all in all it looks stable it actually looks that it, it has been slowly growing throughout the past five weeks meaning that stable both in terms of uh, revenue as well as downloads and stable in terms of there's no big jumps week on week it's not like they're running these crazy crash grab events no the revenue is actually pretty stable and slowly inclining so so I, I just have to say that that what Polygon did is is they, again, uh, wrote an article that was kind of based on their confirmation bias. And, and they took this source, this data source, which doesn't stand out. And what Marvel Strike Force is doing, and I mean, I played the game latest today. They're not doing anything that Star Wars Galaxy of Hero is not doing. The prices, the progression, all the systems are exactly the same. And all these... Um, all these two small time YouTubers posted videos and somehow they made giant headlines. Yeah. And by the way, I, I checked out Kraken's YouTube site and it's not like he hasn't quit the game. He's actually still playing. He, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anymore. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so that's, that's why I'm sort of a laughing and going against him because these guys are full of shit. They attack this, this, this game and this team just to get clicks. Right. So, so you know, I, I can all I can say is fuck them. Like this is not right, and I can only imagine the type of shit show that they create inside the studio. You know, we both work at Studio Side, and it's it's really tough. And you're starting to see this 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 you know shitstorm on Reddit and on 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 YouTube. And it's like what's going on, and it's actually nothing. Right, it's a it, storm in, in a bubble. Page, I don't see a lot of complaints. So exactly, and but Polygon picked this up and made it headline news. Yeah. So, so all I want to say is I blame Polygon for, for raising these type of things that are simply not true. And the only mistake that Marvel Strike Force team did, the only mistake is that they didn't properly 
probably uh, target the offer of the hundred dollar. So a lot of people saw it, and then it becomes offensive because you you know oftentimes it doesn't make sense to target that big offer at your whole user base. You want to kind of target it to to the uh, the most you know the most monetized the people who are paying, and that's kind of the uh, the, the the offer that is right for them. Because when others see it, it it doesn't work. And 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 kind of like the real question though, why Fox Nest Next is doing the the practice that they're doing, meaning um, smart monetization. Well, it's because, as we know, the twenty percent of of the user base is about at max the the, the payers you get in your game. Usually, much less. Usually, about you know five percent. And out of those, you know, let's say five percent, the you know twenty percent out of the, that five percent is the one that brings eighty percent of your net revenue. So, so the focus is always on you know on the whales on the best monetizing user because they are paying for the experience for the whole user base so you know the the good practice here is is naturally to to make the older content cheaper so as an example like clash of clans where where it's much cheaper today to progress through the early town hall levels than it was, you know, three years, four years ago, because it's just, there's just more content. And World of Warcraft is a good example as well. You can pay a hundred bucks and you can get through a lot of levels immediately right. without, uh, and more levels than it was before. So I, I think that will be coming and, but, but currently Fox next is running uh, strike force is a pretty young game. They're running it through the events and they're trying to monetize through events. And they're actually really successful in monetizing through the events. And people are, People are enjoying that game, and and the uh, you know word on the street is that retention is increasing constantly, and the game is performing better and better, and it's growing, and it and it has sealed its its place as one of the top five RPGs in the uh, in the West. So so yeah, I mean fuck these haters. <laughs> yeah, my take is that you know this is kind of again raises the issue about when have you gone too far. In my opinion, I agree with you. I, I don't think Fox Next has gone too far. I think a situation where you've gone too far is like what has currently been uh, banned in Japan, which is Compu Gotcha or Completion Gotcha, where you know you're trying to complete a set, and unless you get the set of the full set of Gotcha, then you you don't get the 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 you know the main bonus, and you can spend a thousand or ten thousand dollars and still not get the complete Gotcha. So I, I think that's a situation that's gone too far, and so on a relative basis. You know, we're not even close to some of the stuff that's going on in Asia, what they've done there. And so from a personal perspective, I again, I, I, I agree with you. I think Fox Next has not gone too far, but, you know, uh, I think... Polygon has gone too far. <laughs> Polygon has gone too far, yeah. That, and you, I, I'm not saying that you can't go too far, but we're, we're not there yet. But, you know, it might become an issue in, in the future. And then just, uh, I, I think another thing that, this this article kind of that some of the issues that this article raises are just the higher level strategic questions about one, you know, who's your audience? And so, you know, we talked a little bit in the previous article about, you know, one of the one of the major really good things that Epic has done with Fortnite is understanding who is your audience, who is your audience and how are they going to monetize? And for them, they're really going for a broad based audience that wants to monetize very lightly and doesn't want any impact on uh, in, in terms of like uh, having an advantage in, in the game, because it's it's because Fortnite is is clearly a skill based game, and so when you think about one, who is your audience, and and catering the monetization to your audience, and then two, the the classic breadth versus depth. You you spoke a lot about you know 
Fox Next really trying to try to monetize very deeply across a small audience in, in comparison to a game like, let's say, Clash Royale, where you don't have to monetize very deeply, but you want to monetize to greater breadth. So it's not as far as Fortnite has gone. But, you know, for me, I'm, you know, at 4,000 trophies and I've only spent like $245 on the game. So, you know, it, it's very possible to, to not monetize very deeply. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it also depends on the size of your DAU. Like that's essentially sure, the, sure. uh, yep. that's, that, that's the question It's like, you know, nobody's blaming Fortnite for, for making $300 million a month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, like why, why are you making so much money? Do you need so much money? It's like, no, because they're, you know, light of monetization, but their DAU is insane. So uh, the DAU of, of strike force, I bet is quite low, but the revenue per install is extremely high. Yeah. So another good example of that kind of game is legendary. Like if you look at legendary, uh, you know, what you would consider a casual gameplay mechanic, like which is match three, but they they're monetizing like crazy on a per user basis. Yeah. But uh, okay, cool. So should we move on to the next article? Yeah, let's let's move out of this one. <laughs> you know, I and I don't hate Polygon. They had that amazing uh, article on the sexism and and really good one, but I'm just like, I'm wondering, like, should they not write, like, just have a policy of not writing about free-to-play? Because if you hate it so much, just don't write about it. <laughs> like, just, it's simple. Like, your users don't like it, uh, your readers don't like it, and you don't like it. So stop writing about it, um, because clearly you don't understand anything about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Our next article is basically speaks to a top 50 developer list released by Pocket Gamer. And basically in this top 50 developer list, they they mentioned uh, Epic Games as the world's top mobile games company and a little bit more about the list. So Pocket Pocket Gamer came up with this list based on a combination of factors, um, including what is the most exciting game, which games had the most innovation how much money was made with the games, influence, potential, and company growth this year, as well as among others as another factor. So I wanted to start with, um, you know, first the, the initial ranking. Um, Mishka, what do you think? Do you think that the ranking of, you know, if we're to look at the world's top uh, mobile games companies, should Epic be the number one mobile games company in this ranking? Well, clearly not. I mean... Yeah, I mean they make they make a lot of money, but they're not they're not mobile company. They're they they're not focusing mobile. They're doing the right things, but I I don't know. It's 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 kind of weird. I I just feel that whenever whenever I see an article that is list, you know, like like the uh, the top uh t- 10 30 under like 30 under 30 or what was it? Like the the, the those lists. I mean, they're I'm sorry, but this is a clickbait article. Yeah, having said that, it, it works because you know on LinkedIn and Facebook, I saw like fifty posts like, "Hey guys, we're number thirty on this yes, top list. Hat proud is, to be." You know, like, I, exactly, it's it's the perfect type of article to get clicks because it, I wouldn't say it's a click uh, like it's not typical clickbait that it's like a headline that you want to click right. the ones that we do on Deconstructor of Fun, but but so, but it's. it's it's the one that you want to share right. because you add 50. Why don't just add 100 and you get at least people from 100 different companies sharing that? Right. 
Right. So, so that, that's what I kind of feel at. And I understand that there's a, there's the thing, how they've kind of balanced it and how they, you know, who's number one, who's number two, who's number 10. But, um, this is not real ranking. Like we know what the real ranking is, right? It's the top grossing list. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And not only that, but you know, if, if, if you're going to make the argument for Epic at number one, based upon, you know, impact or innovation or whatever, I, I would personally give it to, to PUBG because, you know, Epic basically ripped them. And, and, you know, and even though Fortnite and Epic are more successful with that model, you know, if, if you're going to say that you're grading on innovation and influence, then, you know, I, I think you got to give it, give, give it to PUBG instead. Yeah. Or give it to Niantic. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's mobile first at least and they they're coming up with a new way to to play the game and they've kind of created a new 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 category on on its own right uh so I, I a totally know. unique category right did you look at some of the other rankings did, for me no I, I i i felt they were really random i was like what this well it is that? like what jk you know but i just explained what this article is <laughs> no no i i know i'm just <laughs> So of course they're going to be random. It doesn't matter. They're just they're just going for a click. So so good for them. They got a lot of clicks, and it's an excellent list of top fifty, you know, game developers around the world or mo- mobile game developers. But it's not a real it's not a real ranking. I mean, yeah. it, it's just not. It's like nobody's looking at this and and saying like you know like, like let's say you're doing acquisitions or whatnot. And you're like, oh my god, we need to get this number five because they were number five now and they were number ten last year. So they're moving up on this pocket gamer list that they, they've created over the weekend. Uh, nice. <laughs> it's just it's just not a real list. But kudos to them. It's a it's a great you know super it was clickable article in, in getting a lot of shares for sure. Yeah, yeah, because because you like you know those like you know there, there's this list of like most successful. Uh, people under 30 and they they even categorize them into different like marketing and there's like even the game developers and when i when i look at the list of game developers like i don't mean that i don't know people that's that's totally normal but i don't even know the companies they work for right like and i know a lot of gaming companies and if i don't even know what the company is like what is what is this list and then it's like oh it's the most shareable and clickable list i get it (laughs) Yeah, and it's funny because like you see some people put that in their LinkedIn profile, like headlines mm-hmm. as well. Top thirty under thirty or whatever. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a, a list top uh, top ten podcasters uh, in gaming of some kind, and then we'll we'll put ourselves at number one or whatever. Yeah, reason. yeah, that that would be that would be, and people are like, oh my god, they were number one on this list on, on our list. Create- yeah, and then and then we were just we'll just go through like the Apple podcast list and and through the video games and just pick up like ten others and write close summaries on them like hey this is good if you play you know Fortnite daily this is called the Fortnite you know weekly report or whatnot it's I, I mean it's it's just a silly list so so I mean anyway they achieved what they wanted and we even talked about it because you put it on the list to talk about it I wouldn't have to. But but also like yeah let's just let's just you know agree on what it is it's a clickbait sounds good okay our final article uh, you yes. want to kick it off yeah Fortnite's day in the sun may be over excellent now that is a clickable um, title that is an excellent title <laughs> Fortnite's day in the sun may be over amazing it doesn't really state anything 
uh, because there's the may be, <laughs> but I want to, I want to kick it off with a story. Um, so, and the story is about Fortnite. So I was at a, at a friend's place and he has three kids and, and his youngest is, uh, she's a five-year-old girl and, um, his kids play a lot of Battlelands Royale. So if you haven't played Battlelands, Battlelands Royale, I highly suggest that you download the game ASAP and try it. So it's kind of like, um, uh, kind of Brawl Stars meets Fortnite type of game. Uh, very fun. Anyway, so his kids are playing this game and, and his son is, I think he's like um, eight. Anyway, he's he plays a lot of Fortnite, just like all the kids play a lot of Fortnite on, on, on Xbox and, and now on mobile as well. So the daughter was playing Battlelands Royale a lot with the, uh, with the son and they were racking up a lot of wins, having a lot of fun. And then um, <laughs> she got into Fortnite, five-year-old. And and now she's playing Fortnite all the time on iPad. They're playing together with with the with the eight year old, uh, so five year old girl, just ranking up kills in Fortnite. Um, and the article says Fortnite's day in the sun may be over. I doubt it. I've never seen anything like this. Okay. Well, I think it's just like slowing, right? So yeah. So so what the article is talking about? All right, let's just jump into the article, and it says. Uh, the Fortnite may finally be slowing down and potentially even peaking in usage. According to Superdata, Fortnite's revenue rose just 2% in month, uh, monthly in July after raising sharply all year. So essentially, the game was you know pretty new this year and it has been growing a lot. Uh, it, it, was, it was making $130 million a month in March, then $223 million in April, $295 in May, and only... Only 318 million in June, as well as 325 in July. So yes, we're 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 at, at such a goddamn crazy number: 325 million dollars in a month. So of course, uh, the the growth has slowed down significantly, but that doesn't mean that the user base has slowed down growing it, it clearly resonates with younger and younger audience because a lot of kids are playing and then they see that their older brother older sister are playing so they're jumping in as well and and the fact that i can see a five-year-old playing this game and enjoying it tremendously just means that the, there's a ton of potential but this article has a valid point and the valid point is what is the staying power of fortnite because it's a pretty new game in that sense i mean it's an old game but the battle royale mode is pretty new and here we can kind of go back to H1Z1, which was kind of like the OG big Battle Royale game. Then it was surpassed by PUBG with, with um, what's his name, Brandon? Um, is his name Brandon? Anyway, yeah. So he he moved to Korea and created PUBG. Yeah. And, and then PUBG was surpassed by Fortnite. And now the question is, with Call of Duty and Battlefield 5 coming out, will they surpass um, Fortnite? And by by because adding a battle royale mode into a game is is you know it's fairly simple. It's not like you have to redo the game altogether when you have an FPS or other type of uh, shooting or, or that kind of battle game. So personally, I believe that that actually the rise the rise of of Fortnite and PUBG will especially Fortnite will on on mobile will benefit COD and and Battlefield because there's now a bigger pool of players enjoying the battle royale mode and these players might have um not be that interested in the latest Call of Duty or Battlefield but because they offer that that 
that battle royale experience, they might try it because it's 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 new. Now you can you know jump into a tank and there's it's just different graphics. It's more real. So so it it could be something interesting for this new player base and then something at the same time familiar. So new new but familiar, uh, or how you would say it, like same but new. And also called and, a and because of that, I yeah yeah, and because of that, I think that that both COD and, and Battlefield could grow this year more uh, than than in the previous one. So they they will both be very successful just because of the 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 rise of the whole pie. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I agree that you know, I, Fortnite is here to stay. It's natural that the growth has slowed down just given the super massive number of installs and so forth. Uh, if we were to look at mobile specifically, again, looking at our, our good friend Sensor Tower's data, it, it does seem that installs and downloads have dropped quite significantly on, um, I, I, on iOS from 25 million per month back in March down to now about 5 million in August, but that's still you know, a ton of users. Uh, however, revenues are continuing to be pretty strong, at least according to Sensor Tower. Uh, so currently around 30 million a month or m- over 30 million a month um, up from 10 million back in March. And so kind of even even though downloads have come down, uh, revenue has continued to to increase. And, you know, we can't see any of the Google Play data because uh, Sensor, Sensor Tower is not able to track outside of Google Play, but clearly that should be a pretty massive market for for mm-hmm. Epic and Fortnite as well. Um, you know, it, it's funny just because if you look at the the, sh- the sheer number of installs on iOS, it's like how many six gig iPhones are actually in the world, right? <laughs> like, yeah, um, you know, so honestly, I mean, I actually think, and this this isn't this isn't a knock on on Fortnite or Epic, but I, I actually do think that maybe th- this data is not super accurate on mobile, like. I, my, my suspicion is is that um, revenue and uh, and installs are probably a little bit, or to some degree, I don't know how much, overstated. But having said that, you can't disagree that the game is a massive success. Yeah. Um, and just kind of to continue your story, I, I, I don't know if you uh, saw my Instagram post about a week or so back, but I, I went to a third grade party with, with my my eldest son and one of his friends was was playing Fortnite at that party on xbox and you know he he finished second in, in the game that i watched him play so yeah it's crazy these eight-year-old kids are just uh really into Fortnite, and they're doing really really well yeah yeah um, and five-year-olds right and so two questions for you mishka um since since you know since we do have a focus on on mobile uh question one do you think Fortnite will hit over a billion dollars on mobile? Uh, currently, I think Sensor Tower has Fortnite at 164 million in, in net revenue to date, uh, life life of product to date, just on iOS. Mm-hmm. And then, what upcoming game do you think cannibalizes Fortnite the most? Yeah, so I, I do I do think that 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 they will hit billion dollars just because of the run rate is so insane and and it's hard to tell whether that number will be visible on on you know on sensor tower given that they're launching past google play um what game will will kind of slow them down um i do think that the upcoming especially on console 
the uh, the battlefield and Call of Duty will slow them down because a lot of the the players, you know, who are maybe a little bit older and and getting a little bit tired of getting killed by the eight year olds are going to move to to the Call of Duty and get killed by the people same age. Um, and I th- I think that will slow them down. Other than that, on mobile, who could slow them down? Um, hard to say. I I'm not sure. I I think. I think the new Harry Potter game from Niantic will be a pretty big phenomenon, and that will take a lot of the kids away from 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 uh, from the uh, the Fortnite's long sessions and back on the streets, uh, looking for the latest treasures. So it has to be that sort of like a phenomena type of game that that really really takes away the, the players, and in, in, in this case, a lot of young kids. Just like those young kids left Clash Royale. Okay. Oh, just since we're talking about stories, maybe I could relay a industry insider story of how Fortnite, um, Fortnite, the battle Royale mode came to be. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So I don't know if, if, if I've told this to you before, but, um, this is, this is sort of the inside gossip. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, for readers that don't know, uh, Epic, in addition to creating the game Fortnite has a, a game engine called unreal. And PUBG made, uh, pu- uh, you know, so PUBG was built on the unreal engine and uh, there's there's two ways that you can license that engine. One is for a fixed price, and one is through a percentage of revenue. And um, so what Epic thinks is that so so they PUBG was on a percentage of revenue deal with with Epic, and they had a contract out to them to switch it to a fixed price license. Epic thinks that PUBG just forgot to sign it and made a mistake. And based on that mistake, they received the largest royalty check they ever received in the history of the company. <laughs> that got management's attention. And based on that, that you know, some would say that's what really drove the impetus for Fortnite to copy the Battle Royale mode. Hmm. Uh, and, but what Epic doesn't know is that on the Korea side, um, the inside gossip there is that the, the, um, the controller or the CFO of, of PUBG did not think that the game was going to do very well. And so the reason why he didn't sign it isn't because he forgot. He wanted to reduce the cost because he just didn't believe in the game. So, oh, no. Uh, yeah, but that's uh, that's sort of the, the story of, of um, how Fortnite potentially, you know, what drove them to, to, um, to really go after the Battle Royale mode. That's that's crazy, but I think a lot of, like the other thing that likely affected them was the fact that the Fortnite was pretty failing product. I mean, it was like right. they they how long it take to build them like five years. I think and then it was plus, like, yeah, yeah, and then it, it essentially it was like a it was like Minecraft, right? Like the zombies came out and you had to defend with a inside a fort that you build with right. your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not the worst idea, but of course, when you make it for for six years, it it kind of goes stale. You know, people are not that excited about Fort Minecraft. Um, yeah, that's a good story, man. Uh, yeah, and you know, one of these days, the more interesting story is a story of how uh, Game of War came to be. Uh, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. tell that in another podcast in the future, just for some people. Ooh, a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> On that That's note, we will end. And no, no, no. We have the other, uh, the, the one question that was, that was left on Twitter that we need to answer. But, but that's the, what, what you just said. I mean, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, whatever 
platform you're using, you better subscribe it because JK will tell how Game of War came to be. Uh, so anyway, the last question is from Ander Road. So at Real Delight. Um, so he's asking, will loot boxes and gotcha mechanics persist as primary monetization drivers in free-to-play or will legislation, and he mentions Hawaii, and consumer demand kill it? JK, will loot boxes exist? I think so long as you've got progression mechanics, which are, are going to be with most of the, the free-to-play games out there, not, not all. I, we do have the skill-based stuff, but so long as you've got progression-based games, I, I think you're going to you're definitely going to see gotcha boxes continue to exist. Now, legislation could modify that a bit, but and I, I think not just Hawaii. I think it's like, what is it, Belgium or Denmark? or th- There is a country where it's been sort of outlawed, but then, but then we just release games without that country, right? So I, I yeah, so my opinion is I, I think it's going to continue to be there. I think that while, while there have been you know, a few instances where, where people have kind of freaked out about it. I think it will continue to exist. The, the more egregious forms like CompuGotcha will probably be outlawed. I, I think it's actually legal in the U.S., but we just haven't gone that far. But probably more because we just haven't gotten there yet because we haven't, you know, in, on the U.S. side, we, we don't understand the, or it's not as well understood or, or well used here. Mm. And I and also... I have to I have to say that we will continue having them because loot boxes per se, it's not a bad design. It's actually a very good design. It makes the game feel extremely generous because people have forgotten what it was like to play a game without loot boxes. When you're grinding for resources for a long time, just just think about Clash of Clans and think about the grind fest that that game is. Um, and then think about Clash Royale where you're constantly getting boxes and opening it up. And of course, the progression slows down, but the game is still rewarding you of constant steady intervals with with surprise gifts and you're not just grinding through the content trying to collect the next thousand coins million coins in order to buy something from the store where the prices are just constantly exponentially increasing so loot boxes make the games more fun you just you just forgotten (laughs) and that's about it there it is twig eight is a wrap it's a wrap. Subscribe, uh, leave the comments, leave questions, and we'll we'll try to answer them. And um, enjoy your day, your night, your evening, your morning. We're out. Bye, everybody. Bye.